I'm rushing off to close my next big client. I'm living my dream. The only problem is that I need to pay my suppliers up front. Luckily, there's Lamna. I found them at lamna.co.za. I left my Range Rover as collateral for a short-term loan, and just like that, the money was in my account. It's discreet, simple, and smart. Hashtag problem solved, hashtag no stress. Raise capital from your luxury assets with Lamna, spelled L-A-M-N-A. This is Classic Business with Michael Avery on Classic 1027 in Gauteng and Fine Music Radio in Cape Town. Time for our weekly moonshot into the world of Singularity University and the men and women who are changing the face of humanity as we know it. That's as we build up to the SU South Africa Summer 2019 next month. Now, earlier today, I attended a virtual reality press conference at WeWork in Rosebank and I caught up with Mick Mann, the co-CEO of SU South Africa, to find out more about how the technology is evolving. This is Africa's global VR press conference, as we like to call it. It's a -a one-of-a-kind event. It's our second iteration doing it. We tried it last year by using one of the top VR platforms from San Francisco, which, although it was very uh, impressive, we were still limited with these cartoony-like characters and limited environments that we could have the press conference in. What I'm proud to say is that this year we've stepped up our game and we have gone and using open source technology developed our own VR platform that we can create any type of environment and close to lifelike looking avatars. So the avatars today look like the actual panelists that took part from South Africa and around the world. Now in terms of applications one can obviously imagine how this could change having a normal Skype meeting around a boardroom table, how VR has the potential to change the way we learn. Virtual reality hasn't uh, just arrived though, it's been with us for a number of years. Just take me through the evolution of virtual reality. There was a lot of hype in the beginning. I don't think we've perhaps seen the applications flow through just as much as the hype initially. Well, I think in virtual reality in the early days was only limited to amusement parks or going to some of the big Disney worlds where you could put on these suits so you could try these virtual reality environments. We've had this massive growth since Oculus, which was a Kickstarter campaign. They launched their Kickstarter campaign trying to raise, I think, $200,000 or something like that, and they landed up raising $2 million within the first 10 days. So there was a huge demand for this type of thing. And since Oculus created their headset and Facebook subsequently bought them, we've seen this incredible rise in the VR platforms leading up to today. And now, just last year, we had the Oculus Go, which is a a much more affordable VR headset. This year we've got now the Oculus Quest, which gives you inside-outside tracking, much higher resolution, much more uh, movement in the VR space. And VR is a a platform that is on this growth curve like we've never seen before. It's an exponential technology. Last year alone, the AR and VR market was $817 billion, with a 65% CAGR growth up until 25 predicted. That's enormous, and there's a, you know investors are putting a huge amount of funding behind VR and AR. Within that, uh, there's obviously specific applications that uh, must be exciting for us here in South Africa. Education remains the apex challenge in this country. We don't produce the best outcome for our children. And when I first put on, uh, I think it was the Gear VR a couple of years ago when Samsung launched it, my first thoughts were imagine immersing a child into a science lesson, a geography lesson, taking them down the bottom of a volcano or putting them on the moon. What are the applications that you see to apply this in the education space in South Africa? Well, we actually, there are so many different applications you can do in the education space. And what uh, we're looking at and what we're working on is how do we re- 
rework the science, maths and English curriculums in a virtual environment where you don't have to learn by copying and by memory, you learn by being in this immersive experience. And we are seeing, you know, as you said, you could have a kid, instead of learning about Mars, they could be on Mars in a virtual environment and, and actually feeling the rocks of Mars, which is something that, that, that touches us as humans and we internalize at a much greater rate than by learning by rote, note-taking. So there are many, many different applications. It's going to change the way we socialize. Socializing in VR at first feels a bit weird, but after you've been in the VR environment for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It's like talking to your friend like we're talking right now. There are huge applications coming in the VR space, especially with education. There's teacher-led applications we are seeing now where the teachers are teaching students in remote locations. The teacher doesn't have to be in the same place as the student, mm. which is incredible. VR squashes space and time and allows us that opportunity. And that really is one of the key features of VR, isn't it? The fact that it compresses space and time and it allows you to overcome these large physical distances and these resource constraints that we've had in South Africa's education system. There aren't a lot of top maths and science teachers. Imagine if you could replicate that model through a VR system. Augmented reality is something you touched on as well. A lot of money flowing into augmented reality. Uh, for listeners, what's the difference between VR and AR? The difference is that virtual reality, you put on a headset and you go into a virtual environment, augmented reality creates an augmented layer on the real world. So you can still see when you put on augmented reality goggles or using it through your phone, you can still see the real world, but it has this augmented layer. What a lot of the guys in the space are calling it spatial computing. And it's actually the next level of computing. You know, it's, it's the evolution of where the computer is going into the spatial computing, understanding the 3D environment and how to create this digital twin, this virtual copy over the real world. So I, I had a conversation with one of the ladies from Magic Leap, one of the top mixed reality, augmented reality headsets from the US. And I asked her, what are you most excited about? And she said, I can't wait to be able to have my headset on and instead of walking inside the building to find out what's inside, I'll be able to just look at it and be able to get this augmented layer that will tell me what's inside that building. Or when you're on the way to work or in the way to your next meeting in your Uber and you start feeling a little bit of a cold, you can call your virtual doctor and he'll diagnose you and treat you right there in the Uber. These are some phenomenal applications. They sound very futuristic. They're, as you say, are really happening right now. Mick, I know you do a lot of traveling with SU to the States and to San Francisco. How far behind are we in the South African market to some of those more developed uh, sort of cutting-edge markets? So I was recently just at the Singularity University Global Summit in San Francisco, and some of the things I saw there were completely mind-blowing. That, you know, for us as South Africans, we are quite far behind, but if we embrace these technologies, we can leapfrog and bring them into our world before we create these new legacy systems. One of the examples is I saw a new way of meditating using light technology, where if you don't know how to meditate, you can just close your eyes and this light will flash on you and within a minute, it puts you into a theta state. You're completely, completely in this meditative state without having to do anything at all. You know, and that was invented 10 years ago. It's just the scientist wasn't a commercial scientist and he never got it out. And now it's coming out into the world. And it's one of the first places you see things are in San Francisco and at Singularity University. So it's how do we find those technologies and bring them back to our country, South Africa. And we do have a lot of talent here. And it's just about changing our mindset 
and also with our Singularity Youth South Africa faculty, what we've been fortunate enough is to find these incredible individuals that have been going around the world for us, sharing their knowledge and their expertise from South Africa and Africa to the rest of the world. And that has been having a huge impact. As an example, Taddy Blatcher, one of our education faculty, was in Brazil at the Brazil Summit about two, three months ago, and he spoke about how his model of education, somebody in the audience heard that, uh, contacted Teddy, came to South Africa a month later, and now he, they are developing the school system in Brazil, which is going to change the way education is done in Brazil in the small way. That's certainly the ethos behind Singularity University, is creating this network of global future shapers and change makers and thinkers who very often have quite a social bent as well, socially minded entrepreneurialism, which is what we need in South Africa. What can we look forward to at this year's event, which is coming up uh, in a few weeks' time in October? Yeah, so you know, I always like to think about Singularity University as this giant algorithm of incredible people that keep mixing and converging and evolving this algorithm. And it is really about being global by design and how do we make this world the place we all want to live in. So this year at the Singularity South Africa Summit on the 16th and 17th of October, we're super excited to be bringing over 25 local and international thought leaders and, and change makers that are impacting the world. From mindset shifts to exponential tech, AR, VR, robotics and AR to the water and energy challenges that we are facing, how to, listening to some incredible people like Ramez Nam or Sivan Yari, who's given a million people clean drinking water through using solar technology, or to food security. There's going to be a big focus on food security this year, and we're bringing Arturo Elizondo from Clara Foods, where they have identified that the best protein out of the egg is in the egg white, and they've recreated that protein in the egg white into three separate products so that you will never have to kill a chicken again or use a chicken for eggs and you will get all that protein done in a lab at the molecular level. Then we're also bringing, uh, we're doing, focusing a lot on biotech and medtech and, uh, and looking at designer babies and what does the future mean uh, you know, for us when we can have healthy babies outside the womb in the embryo from Kim Hewlett. Then we're going to focus on uh, mobility and, and infrastructure development and we have some guys coming from the Hyperloop which is an incredible, incredible idea. We have nanotechnology. We're going to be discussing with Murundeni Mofomo, who taught himself how to purify water using macadamia nuts and nanotechnology, all by watching YouTube. That was Mick Mann, the co-CEO of SU South Africa. Katleho is standing by with your news wrap. And thereafter, Athel Williams is back with State of Our Nation, taking a closer look at the country's health care.